Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching every episode of Buffy one by one. Mm, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Whoa, did you hear that? I just sang the intro. Kristen, did you hear that? Hey, I'm Kristen Russo. Oh. This week we've got a treat for you. We're here to talk about Once More With Feeling, the musical episode, so stay tuned, because the songs run all the way through. Wow. Um, you'd almost say that, like, maybe I'm a, I don't know, natural talent. Oh, directed and written by Mr. Joss Whedon. It originally aired on November 6, 2001. And this is the one where... This is the one with all the singing. So buckle up for the show. Cause here we, here we go. Oh, hi. Oh, hey, Jenny. It seems like we may have been sucked into the musical universe of Buffy this week, which is kind of keeping in our true form. You think? We just sang the intro because this week we're talking about Once More with Feeling. It seems like a pretty good theory. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think it is a good theory, but I I just have this hunch that we might explore some mm. other theories in our ne- our next song. You know, like if there is if there is another song. If there is another song. <laughs> yeah, so <sighs> listen, if you're if you're hitting this podcast for the very first time ever, welcome. We do not usually sing the introduction. In fact, we generally just kind of talk the whole time and then we have one tidy song at the end. That's how we do things, we, generally speaking. P- podcasting, colon, generally just talking the whole time. <laughs> That's a, the yeah. definition. Um, yes, uh, but as we've mentioned and now also sung about, this is not just any episode. This is Once More with Feeling... Oh my God! Once more with feeling, I as as probably uh, you know, since I am co-host of this podcast, I've watched this episode of television maybe like fourteen times over the last couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. you'd think like normally when you watch an episode of television, if you watch it like multiple times, uh, you know it, its effect could perhaps dim. Uh, the opposite happens with this piece of art. Uh, the more I watch it, the more I feel uh, and the more I cry, apparently. I've cried a lot this week, especially. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's emotional. It's really fun. Secrets heretofore kept close to the <laughs> chest and guarded as though it were a dragon treasure. Now brought into the light by the tongues of the unwilling. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I mean, I guess we are at the top of this episode. So talking a little bit about just like that big structure, right? Like that is apart from giving us a musical and giving us a fucking soundtrack and giving us these characters who we know and love singing all but dear, dear Alison Hannigan, who refused to sing uh, (laughs) most uh, of this time. But, um, 
the the structure of the musical also and very intentionally so is set up to like get us to basically like the second act of season six you know it's like yeah everybody's been carrying around a lot of shit and what's a great way to just blow that open um have a musical write a musical where you cannot help you cannot help but sing um Mm. i just want to touch on the previously on i just want to uh mention (laughs) uh that they include spike saying i love you and buffy (laughs) making like the the like i just ate a mouthful of shit like and and being like oh god she's like (laughs) so disgusted Uh, it's so over the top the lady duck protest too much yeah 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 i just wanted to turn an eye upon that and Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. buffy opposites attract ever heard of it Uh, i believe paula abdul has a great song video with a cartoon cat buffy just be happy you're not boning a cartoon cat What I wanted to say is, holy shit, these credits, this is the only time in the series history where the credits are not the credits. <gasps> the credits are really, really special. Everybody's in a like a big full moon um, and we get this overture. We see a lot of things happening in, in the overture. The thing that caught my eye the most is uh, women of Sunnydale and how they relate to the written word. Anya's reading bridal magazines. Dawn's not allowed to read magical texts. Buffy is coloring in the entire page of a notepad with a lead pencil. (laughs) Listen, Buffy's alarm rings and she was already awake. We see everybody getting ready for the day. And Buffy, the last shot, I think, is Buffy still in bed. That, like, she is awake, but she can't get out of bed. And, like, as a person who has journeyed through many a mental health uh, experience in my life, being stuck in your bed is, is, I mean, just the most classic manifestation of the place that mm-hmm. she is in. So I just wanted to, to underline that because I think it's important. Um, but she does get out of bed, and you're right. Tomorrow's bride, Sandra and Anya. Giles is parenting Dawn. Tara and Willow. Buffy is distracted setting the scene so Buffy is walking in the cemetery uh and hey she's singing a song she's singing a fucking song she's singing a song she's uh you know she's um well she's going through the motions every single night the same arrangement I go out and fight the fight still I always feel the strangest estrangement nothing here is real nothing here is right she's not like really feeling so much she's numb yeah she's just trying to get through it if we spoke to you about all of the lines in these songs that were meaningful we would basically just be speaking the entire lyrical book if you will um but Mm -hmm. she has a couple of lines in this song that like really knock me over the biggest one i think being towards the end where she says i can't really see if this is even me um, and then, you know, and I just want to be alive, which is also very powerful, but like that, I can't really see if this is even me. It's just so fucking resonant. Mm-hmm. And it sets us up again of like, this is a musical, but is it, you know what I mean? Like, is this the musical that, uh, people who know musicals expect to see? Alas, no. Right. Uh, also when she, when she hits that big second syllable of, alive she has unfortunately just dusted a vampire and is definitely inhaling about a pound of vampire (laughs) dust i don't know how she's holding that no while all the 
the uh, ash. Yes, is but it is glittery into her throat. Uh, Joss Whedon talked about this first number being really modeled, and you can tell after like a Disney princess number, right? Like this is a Disney big Ariel is coming out of the ocean on the rock, and like this last shot Hell that Jenny yeah. is talking about is that like that instead of like the ocean wave c- crashing and we see Ariel's face, it's <laughs> a bunch of glittery vampire dust that sort of swirls and reveals Buffy's face. Um, it's beautiful, and you know immediately that they have gone all in by watching this. Um, so much mm-hmm. of the like mm-hmm. cinematography, everything looks different. Who's this friggin' goat demon with pigtail braids? <laughs> VIP of the scene, my fave. Oh my god, my guy. She's not even half the girl. She ow, amazing. That is a Jenny Owen Young's lyric. If I ever heard How one dare myself. You? What? That was a compliment. Uh, speaking of things Jenny Owen Young's likes, if I may, are you taking us to the next scene? No, I'm taking us to that hunk who's tied to a tree with a (laughs) fucking his peasant blouse all open and askew. What is more powerful than a beautiful Disney prince tied to a tree? I'll tell you what's more powerful. Buffy being like, whatever. Whatever. Nice. You know, Buffy doesn't care about her job. She doesn't care about like love life. She's not. She's just not Mm -hmm. feeling it. She's Mm -hmm. just she's numb on all counts. Um, and just a note on these, so, so the, the demons do a dance, which is just so spectacular. And also like sets mm-hmm. you up that like, this is a musical, it's going to be dealing with some heavy themes, but also it's going to have fun. It's going to have three different demons like choreographed. There's four main dancers and you'll see them here as the, the three demons. The tap dancer is one of these four. The three guys with the broom are these three guys. The three henchmen are these guys. They are used over and over and over again in uh, the episode. Jenny... If we may go to the magic box Uh, after the song has ended in this very Disney like style, the bell rings. We're in the magic box. And the fucking first thing I would like to say out of the goddamn gates is what the fuck are these dresses that Tara and Willow are wearing? What the fuck are these dresses? What are these dresses? Why? It's Halloween. (laughs) Tara is dressed as the most beautiful rainbow trout you have ever seen. (laughs) Glinting in the sunlight as she nimbly navigates through the rushing waters of a beautiful forest stream. Oh, my God. Of course this is what they're wearing. They are fucking witches in college. (laughs) They are vibing. Do not step on their vibe. Fair. Um... So we're back in the magic box and also Xander is fucking around with these fucking donuts and I wish I never knew that this was a reference to Magnolia because I looked up what the quote actually is and it's a, I'm upset about it, okay? I'm upset about it. He says, respect the crawler, tame the donut and I'm not saying what the real line is because this is a family show. Is it? No, it's not, but I'm still not saying it. <laughs> okay. Everyone's very reticent to reveal their individual musical goings on from the night before but <laughs> fucking Giles I I sang but I I had my guitar <laughs> that would that would explain the background singers and the synchronized dancing <laughs> He brought his guitar from England he's staying at a hotel with room service where is this Sunnydale hotel Yeah I would like to know I would like to know because I'll tell you it does not have room service and it's the Sunnydale motel 
Xander is like, okay, so let's like let's look into this. And he's he's panicked um because he doesn't want to sing again. Uh pretty much nobody except for maybe uh, you know, Willow seems very romanticized by the whole thing from the jump, but most of them are just like, okay, let's figure out what this is then. Huh. Okay. Well, before they start theorizing, Jenny, I think now, I think now would be a good time for us to explore the musical nature of this podcast. Yeah, the piano that's playing right now seems to indicate that you are correct, Kristen. This seems like the time. They've got a theory. Oh, fuck, we're singing. And it sounds like there's 20 of us. We're on quite a journey. Need an expert in TV. Maybe Latoya will know. Hey guys, there's a whole lot of reasons that we could be seeing the singing from out of nowhere. Might be time in the season when shows end up needing an uptick in listens and shares. You don't have a shark you can jump, but you have to get over that hump. Okay? Well, we're not big on spectacle. And there's none more dependable than Scoobies who lean homosexual. So what else could it be? Well, sometimes a musical is therapeutical. Feelings need moving along. That could be another clue if either one of you processes better in song. Jenny's day job is singing hot tracks. But I come to this pod to relax. Hey. Look, we're good on the processing. Though it's odd that we're still singing. Maybe somebody does have feelings. I bet it's Jenny. Hey! Now back to your query and alternate theory on tracing the source of these jams. Perhaps one of you lesbians might be a thespian doing it all for the fans. Does anyone sound like the type? Well, Kristen, she saw Rent eight times. Broadway. Oh, that could definitely be it. Excuse me, but Jenny also starred in Godspell? I didn't star in it. I was way in the back. Okay, I've examined the evidence, and I think the truth is you're just singing because you're nerds. Eureka, Dr. Ferguson, think we get what's happening. When you're looking for explanations, usually the simplest is the right Big fucking nerds. I rest my case. I think that's all there is to it. The answer was right in front of me the whole time. You dummies. How honored are we, resident pop culture expert, Latoya freaking Ferguson. If somebody's going to diagnose me with a <laughs> chronic case of being a nerd, I'm glad it is Latoya. 
Yes, huge thanks to Dr. LaToya being here to crack that case wide open. Jenny, I think perhaps we should now talk about the brainstorming that the Scoobies are doing here in Sunnydale. Uh, we're hitting now the second song in Once More with Feeling. It's a it's a song in three parts. Uh, three three a distinct... Threefer, if you will. Yeah, sort of like, um, what's that Queen song? Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like Sunnydale Rhapsody here. We've got... Wow. Um... <laughs> We begin with their theories. We do. And to his great credit, Giles really smacks it right on the nose. Uh, Coming out of the gate there, flaming hot. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. Unfortunately, he immediately second guesses himself and therefore we get a whole episode. You know what they say, you know, go with your first, go with your gut, go with your instinct, Giles. Uh Uh, Turns out that you were correct, but lucky for us, we get a whole song because you don't know it. Xander... Takes a guess and hits the witch button, uh, not to be confused with the witch button later in the episode. Sorry. Oh, my God. I gotta go. Um, yeah. Xander, Xander, though, th- uh, what I love about this is that Xander is quickly put in his place, right? He's like, uh, which is, uh, never mind. No, which is like they were totally, they were persecuted. I've been told all about this many times. As a matter of fact, every time I've said anything wrong about witches, I have been immediately schooled. Uh, so he's tucked himself away in the corner where in my opinion mm-hmm. I-, I love to see a xander tucked away in a corner I'm just uh-huh. saying. <laughs> well he looks so neat back there on the shelf he does um and listen i know i know everybody's itching to get to those hoppy feet and twitchy noses and but before we get there i just i at least want to say that tara uses really wonderful jazz hands are they even jazz oh hands? they're jazz She's, hands they're they're swiveling at the wrist and I feel like okay, jazz well, hands I mean, usually <laughs> waggle, you know, and then spirit fingers move in a sort of undulating, uh, perhaps I should create a video tutorial. You should, because uh, I'm the only one who can see this, can... and it's a delight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's time, it's time, it's time for Anya to have a big moment. Oh. Uh, love to see this this breakaway you pyrotechnic know, confetti cannon <laughs> situation. It's just like... Nobody's paying attention. Like, as per usual, Anya has a theory and they don't listen. And granted, bunnies might be. She's a thousand goddamn years old. Maybe Maybe they should listen more often. Maybe listen to her. She says bunnies. Mm. They all ignore her. There's this beautiful comic silence where we get like. With uh, crickets. (laughs) (laughs) A little mini musical from the crickets. And Uh then Anya is basically like, hey, you fuckers listen to me but she does it in the form of a rockin' song about wow. bunnies <laughs> yeah bunnies bunnies it must be bunnies she's wearing this like incredible like triangle shirt uh it's like an upside down triangle with a glittering butterfly on it sparks are yeah, flying some affair shit going on she's she's like very understandably wondering about why bunnies eat carrots like what the fuck do they need to see so well anyway solid question uh and unfortunately <laughs> anya ends her wonderful bunnies number with another theory uh is a bit unfortunate because of the word choice that she uses she uses a word that is uh derogatory uh and a word that we do not like to hear in the universe uh, of Sunnydale, nor in our universe. So calling that hey. out. Um, 
And then we move into the third portion of our Sunnydale Rhapsody. Uh, it's like this together. Like, we're together. We're so together. We're, t- we're a team. So but... believable. I mean, Buffy's. No. Yeah, Buffy's energy is very much like apocalypse, bliggity blah, fucking world ending, smiggity sma. She's just like. <laughs> To been there, done it, seen it, and like mm. in a way that it could almost be positive. Like we've done this before, we could do it again, but it does not carry that energy. And Giles's looks at Buffy as she is journeying through this like apocalypse, blah 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 blah. Uh, he's just like, hmm, something seems <laughs> amiss. I mean, yes, sir. <laughs> The weirdest part is that when they get to the end, Buffy's like, so what do you think we're dealing with? And Giles is like, I thought you said it didn't matter. Yeah, Giles doesn't know what to do with himself in this current position, as we will navigate throughout the course of this musical. But yeah, he, he just, I don't know. He like he wants to laugh with her. Like when, he, when she makes the joke and she's like, you know, it's do or die. Somebody says it's do or die. And she's like, hey, I mm-hmm. died twice. It cuts to Giles. And he's like laughing in a very like loving fatherly, like, oh, that Buffy and her fucking puns. And he just wants her to be back to normal. She just wants to be. Everybody just wants everything to be back to quote normal and spoiler alert that's hey. not gonna happen um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so they like come together but it doesn't feel very together which is really a heartbeat in this musical and uh the next question of course is <laughs> great a great question so okay well is it only happening to us um Anya astutely asks and Buffy's like let me check let's check State Street Let's in Sunnydale. St- yeah, State Street has seen CGI snakes. It has seen Faith shooting poison darts. It has seen snowfall that is near impossible to have happened, but yet it did. It has seen so many things, but today, friends, it is seeing David Fury, by the way, is the, if you did not know, this guy who's so stoked about his dry cleaning, this is David fucking Fury. Um, and he's singing because he's so Look at him go. He's so excited. They got the mustard stain out. They're all holding their shirts. They're they're flipping. There's it's great. Great choreo, beautiful colored shirts, flapping this way and that. I'm gonna come out with a very controversial opinion. I simply can't stand to see these people talk about mustard like it's the the greatest danger to your clothes that has ever uh oozed across the earth. Let me tell you something, Kristen. I've got a bone to pick. Mustard doesn't stain unless you mix it with some other shit. Jenny. Like oil or wine. Jenny. Or grease on your car under the hood if you know what I mean. Jenny. Well. I'm glad that you got that off your chest. Um, Really really great. Uh, We move from the mustard song uh, to back to the magic box. The bell rings again, and this time it's Dawn. She's uh, just finished her day at uh, High School Musical uh, Part 3. I don't know how many (laughs) High School Musicals are there. Uh, And she's all excited to tell them, immediately deflated because they already know. So she makes up something else. I gave birth to a pterodactyl. First of all, goals. Second of all, <laughs> Anya says, oh my God, did it sing? Oh. Which, hell yeah. 
a sing. Give me a choir of singing pterodactyls. As a matter yes, of fact, yes, please. Tara and Willow are whispering to each other, and they are. It's like we they're trying to leave. They're trying to leave so bad. They're like, oh, the books, the texts, the volume. Oh, and Giles is like, what book? And literally. Willow literally says the, <laughs> and then the word that she says is like, if you take your fingers on your keyboard and you go like A S D F G H J K L book, that's R- the one report. we need. It's a report. It's some report. <laughs> it's just like Willow is horrible at lying and she's been horrible at lying forever. But apparently Tara has also uh, picked up this trait or has also been very bad at lying because ladies just say yeah, you have a shit together just get it together oh my god um so they get up to investigate the murmurum report which is what i like to call it and don we see don steal uh something else from the magic box um we've seen her stealing a couple of things already in previous oh episodes oh my god thief stop thief <laughs> Uh, and we move outside. I, 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 in my notes where I mark location, I said outside in Sunnydale Central Park. Like where, <laughs> where are we? It's beautiful. Yeah, where are they? It's very, very beautiful. I learned in watching some of the commentary that, <laughs> of course, because it's not funny, but we laugh as the world ends. Uh, what else can we do? <laughs> the the babbling brook, the water that is, you know, anytime you see running water, you know, things are going to get pretty sexy. But the oh, hilarity yeah. of this is that that stream, the water had to be pumped into it because it was totally dry because, you know, L.A. is a desert and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, they're walking in the park <laughs> and we have this like moment with these boys. Um, backpack boys. Backpack back, boy squad. <laughs> and they're like, che-. so here, they're checking Tara out. Fair. Tara, of course. T- of course they are. But also, are they checking Tara out or are they like. They don't look like they're checking her out. They're what like, the fuck is that? Is the Ren Fair in town? <laughs> What, yeah, what, what are you wearing, ma'am? Um, but they are wearing they are wearing like long sleeve t shirts and backpacks and cargo khakis, and yeah. and they are naturally looking at Willow and Tara, being like, hmm, "What? I have been what meaning to these? pick up a broadsword. Maybe I should inquire." <laughs> so that the lady couldst thou oh. point me unto? The did you know that the the Renaissance Fair that goes to L.A. every year is called the Pleasure Fair? Oh my God! Wow, we're about to fucking go right there, aren't we? We're yeah, head, we are heading to the Pleasure Fair without pass and go. <laughs> but Tara makes this joke that is just she's like, "Oh, they're looking at me. I'm cured." And and you're like, "Okay, okay, Tara, we get the joke." And then Willow <laughs> comes in right on her heels and is like, "Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm not large with the butch." And I'm like, "Who the fuck wrote these lines?" Uh, I know the answer. <laughs> oh, definitely a queer woman wrote these <laughs> lines, right? For sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, if I sat down to write this scene, these are exactly the lines I would have this given. Is, this is what we call uh, <laughs> a sibling test to the Bechdel test. It's the buffering test. If you close your eyes and you can picture a queer person you know saying the dialogue, then it passes. Not large with the butch. I say that all the time. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow um, i have i have researched relevant lingo 
<laughs> and my findings are thus. <laughs> so, um, basically, Tara is like, how could they possibly be looking at me? Um, and then she's like, I know what they see in me, and it's you. And it- <sighs> 1080p HD. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. Just hold your fucking... <laughs> Gay ass horses for one goddamn second. (laughs) I just want to say one thing, which is that I've always been really upset about this line and this concept that like Tara wasn't anything before like Willow. Like I just didn't like the narrative. And then I was like starting to like be like, okay, like I I do think that Willow like helped Tara understand who she is. And the first line of this song. I live my life in shadow, never the sun on my face. It didn't seem so sad though I figured that was my place and I was like okay okay so maybe it wasn't as much like Willow bringing Tara out of her shell as it was like a direct call to like that Tara was you know couldn't be out like couldn't be out to her family and uh, couldn't sort of like live as authentically as she can now that not only Willow Mm. but like all of the Scoobies stood up for her and if that if that is like the if that's what's happening, if that's part of what's happening, then I'm, like, very much here for for the messaging a little bit more than I was before. Okay, so now I've said my mm-hmm. fucking feelings, Jenny, and you can just fucking stomp around in your 1080 PhD boots, okay? What the hell? <laughs> First of all, these girls are doing fucking glitter magic in public. If my hand could shoot out glitter, I would constantly be moving it like that. I know Sunnydale is a place where a lot of things happen, but I'm operating under the assumption that everyone's still trying to keep their mystical business on the down low (laughs) i do want to say i love how they get from the park into the bedroom they twirl and there's a bit of like gondry-esque magic that happens they twirl all the way their love is so powerful that they twirl from the park (laughs) into the bedroom uh they fall into bed um just a note that there's a stuffed puppy on the bed like just lord an interesting choice for ladies uh, for this scene well like it's fine that willow and tara have a stuffed puppy on their bed but it's interesting to me that the props department was like okay the ladies are gonna fuck Let's put a stuffed puppy on the bed. <laughs> Let's get the mood dialed. <laughs> Kristen, I know you have some things to say about this portion of the libretto. I do. I do. Uh, the erotic novel sometimes writes itself. Uh, I will read now to you. It's been a minute. An erotic novel. The moon to the tide. I can feel you inside. Surge in, in her heart. Se- Excuse me, I'm performing. Sur- surging like the sea, I break with every swell spread beneath my willow tree. Wow! I distinctly recall you saying earlier in this taping that this is a family show. <laughs> like, how? How? This is what's amazing to me is that, like, the network had, like, a big fucking hullabaloo about these two kissing. But, like, these lyrics, they were like, yeah, I guess that's fine. I don't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like, I just. I, this is, like, porn. This is porn. This is porn. The amount yeah. of times Tara this talks is about actually, having You know what Willow this reminds inside. me of? What? Have you ever checked out. Um, missed connections on Craigslist. <laughs> and I know of it, but I haven't spent a lot of time there. But I know, I know of it. The two sections that I have checked out in the past are men for men and women for women. And the men for men ones are like, oh, 
<laughs> we were in this uh, bookstore or gym or whatever, and we went in the back and we engaged in the following activities. And I would love to like do that again. Ah, uh, whatever. And then the the women for women misconnections are like. Oh, but the arrow of Diana has pierced <laughs> my heart. You, <laughs> you lit up the sub, the, the last car on the F train at approximately 7.23 p.m. And I remember because I was on my way home to watch HGTV or perhaps Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And oh, you looked upon me. And oh, then my you God. looked away. And lo, your stop came and went. And then I was alone again. Wow. You know? Standing ovation for fucking Jenny Owen Youngs. Well, there's just a, there is a, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not all one thing all the right. time. But those were the the general vibes that I gleaned from <laughs> Yeah, the misconnections on Craigslist. You left your stuffed puppy on my bed. Me looking for you ever since. <laughs> you, the most beautiful rainbow trout I had ever espied. <laughs> Me, the equivalent of a dry riverbed in Los Angeles until you. Okay, that's Pumped it. Where's my crook? Where's my Pull off <laughs> You're cut off. Youngs, wow. Willow goes off screen, I don't know where. I don't know where she goes. (laughs) She looks like she's got a job to do. She looks like she has a sense of purpose, is what I can say. I mean, honest to God, I don't even know how she could possibly deal with the weight of that dress. I mean, what is happening? Well, I'll tell you what's happening. Fucking levitation, Kristen. question a tiny question don't you think something like say levitation would require an awful lot of concentration maybe this is just how witches do it every time they do it tara doesn't look surprised to me but what about the vending machine the people have a right to When it's moving, especially when you are also floating. But do we even know if Willow's floating? It's impossible to say what's going on just This is a family show What happens when it's over? Do they fall down or keep floating? Do the people really have a right to know? I say 
defense of Willow and Tara, through that musical journey, Jenny, I realized that we don't have the right to know as much as we wonder upon the goings on. Hmm. We do not have a right to know. It's truly none of our business. None of our business. Although I will say that one of our listeners posited that perhaps far, far away, there was a vending machine that they were simply trying to move. Mm. (laughs) It was just really far away, you know? Some vending machines, when they're right there, you just have to hold hands. But, like, if they're far away, you have to take a different, some different measures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hard cut as... Uh, Tara sings, you make me complete. The cut to the magic box is so hard that we don't even get the bell. (laughs) And of course, there's more of this like Dawn shit of them being like, don't talk about sex in front of Dawn. Well, and Giles saying, I'm sure they're making every effort. And Xander being like, (laughs) and Dawn is like, guys, I know about sex and gay people. It's fine. Yeah, but like, does she? Does anybody? As, well. as previously mentioned, does anybody know? <laughs> I don't think she so. knows as much as the rest of us. <laughs> so um, we cut from this scene out to the street, the alley, what have you. We get this incredible tap dance number, so incredible that it ends <laughs> in flame. <laughs> um, listen, be careful. Tap I dancers, be careful. I don't want anybody to die. And I know that like people dying is bad, especially in the context of this show. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to prevent all deaths, particularly mystical ones, whenever you can. But the threat of like, oh, no, I might be compelled to dance until I spontaneously combust just doesn't have the like weight of a threat that I want. Although I guess it is a musical. So keeping that in mind, you know, maybe maybe it's like, where the, the road of of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and musicals converge is mm-hmm. like they compromise and they're like, right. okay, people are going to die, but it's going to be absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, like, it's a one-two punch, right? It's like there's a physical threat and an emotional threat and the emotional threat is much larger than the physical threat, but you need the physical threat to move the, to, move the to people To really, along. yeah, raise the Because stakes, we don't recognize sure. emotional threats nearly as quickly as we recognize <laughs> physical threats. So after this man bursts into flames, we uh, we get a little reveal. We don't get the full reveal quite yet, but we uh, pan up to who we know is sweet. And he says, that's entertainment. Counterpoint. Personally, watching someone dance until they spontaneously combust is not entertaining <laughs> to me. Okay, so we head over to Xander and Anya's house where they are waking up surrounded by, among other things, five model convertibles, two bobbly head fuzzy dogs that you put in the rear of your car, and two, (laughs) not one, but two lava lamps. Oh my God, yes. They are in bed uh, surrounded by accoutrements, and um, they're talking about breakfast. Uh Uh-huh. Xander's like, do you want me to make you waffles and omelet? They're wearing fantastic. The costuming is fantastic in this. Xander is wearing like <clears throat> silk pajamas that are maybe like two sizes too big for him. Uh, uh-huh. And Anya is wearing uh, this like silk, silk, what I've learned are called tap pants. Um, they're like short, like shorts, but they look like a skirt. They're silk and like a bralette that matches. She's looking good. They're looking <clears throat> great together. Y'all right over there, Jenny? 
<laughs> she's also wearing sh- matching sh- uh, heels. Uh, oh yeah, but pajama heels. Pajama heels. Yes, and you know with, they're pajama with heels. They are fluffy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She is quite literally the cutest of the Scoobies. Look at her go. Look oh, her go. She really is. Um, she. She wake, you know, they're they're about to get out of bed, and it's very clear they're bursting into song, and their whole song is written in this very like retro. She says it later. She says like retro, a retro pastiche, but it's written in like a Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire kind of way, very yeah, classic, like golden age of Hollywood musical kind of, and and the costuming to match, you know. Yes, totally. Anya comes out uh, starting us off on this song saying basically, not basically, literally, vengeance was mine, but I'm out of the biz. The name I made, I'll trade for his. Oof. That's a line. That's a line. Um, uh-huh. Xander's, Xander's lyrics are written uh, quite well, almost as though the person writing the lyrics had a deep understanding of the character. Uh, <laughs> because there's a couple of like, like lines where he goes to say something really dirty, but then like pivots. And it's fu- it is funny when it comes back around at the end of the song. But uh, he says like wrapped in your tight embrace, tight embrace, uh, and like ew, Xander, gross man. Look, get it together. But it's very, it's like. As much as I'm like gross Xander, I'm also like, this is a good lyric. Like, this is such a Xander lyric. This is exactly what Xander would sing if Xander was singing. Uh, yes. Agree. Good. It is good. It is good. Uh, In defense of Xander, those cheeses do look pretty bad. Those cheeses look horrible. The, listen, Don't eat those cheeses. Do not. You throw those cheeses away immediately. Those they cheeses are- have, have evolved into, like, medicine, maybe? But also, oh, yeah, yeah, garbage. Totally. What is it? Penicillin? You penicillin? Got, yeah, yeah, you're set. <laughs> so, um, this whole song is just them singing the things that they don't want to tell each other about what they don't like about each other. And unlike a song we will get to in the training room, they are hearing everything the other person is saying. Um, yeah, yeah. And some of it is silly, like skeezy cheeses and hairy toes and whatever. But some of it is like very real. Uh, Xander specifically thinking um, that Anya thinks he's ordinary, right? He's not going to be successful. He's not going to be able to like give her what she needs. And Anya saying like it's all just temporary and that through line of like feeling like mm-hmm. she loves this person and wants to commit to this person, but it always feels like he's not quite there. He's not quite committed. And so the the funniness of it is is offset if you really, you know, listen to the song with the like undercurrent of some of their marital or premarital issues, if you will. Anya, Emma Caulfield is like obviously, you know, a trained, at least trained-ish dancer. She knows what she's fucking doing. Fucking Nicholas yeah. Brendan is just like, ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Like, it's just Honk. like, and it's so, the like combo is, of it is, is really, nice. It's, it is. It's really, yeah, it's really, really them. Yes, totally. We do get like a lot of camera angles that we don't normally see that do really bring to mind, uh, you know, a more cinematic, yeah, uh, majestic musical approach. 
Totally. And we haven't said this yet, but I'm sure that if you're listening, you know this, that this episode was shot in widescreen. Um, And so a a lot of the camera work is different and more complicated than other episodes. But also like just the fact that it is in widescreen makes the spaces feel different because we can see more of them at once than we have ever seen before. So anyway, uh, they have told each other all of their secrets. They fall into the chair hysterically laughing in a, again, classic move but they are definitely not laughing on the inside because (laughs) they're like fuck um we have these issues with each other and like we were keeping them all secret and now they're out all out on the table you know listen as two people who have been married in fact to each other uh we might actually be able to help them out you know what i mean they seem to be forgetting one important piece of the equation Okay, we're really, we're just going to do it. This one goes out to all you people who are afraid to commit. Oh, relationships oh, are hard and God. scary, except... Nothing like a musical to put it all on the table. Xander and Anya, it's been weighing on ya. You're scared that you might make a really big mistake. But take it from two girls who've been down the line There's no knot so knotted It can't be untied You can always get divorced You can always get divorced You might even be better friends if you reverse your cause Yeah, you can always get Discover he hogs all the cover, or she might get incensed and start taking vengeance. But listen to two girls with experience. If shit gets bananas, you just hit eject. You can always get divorced. You can always get. they have both gotten divorced and sang about it and harmonized about it you know where there's there's poetry Mm. in that if you do ask me Mm. Uh, (laughs) you know jenny this seems um as good a time as ever to like go get a glass of water maybe a glass of wine and take a little intermission here from a sponsor or two (gasps) let's go out to the lobby you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything You might shop while working, 
eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Okay, so Xander and Anya are walking with Giles. This is a, this is a very long shot. I actually learned that this shot, this was like the 21st time they had done this shot. So oh my wa- word. watch it again with the knowledge that these actors and dancers have all done this 20 times before the shot, the take we're seeing, um, because it's really long and there's a lot of elements Um and I think that the first thing that we come to is Marty fucking Noxon. Wow. 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 Excitement unlocked. Wow. 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 Holy shit that rocked. What a singer! Wow, wow, wow! Indeed, Marty Noxon has some fucking pipes, man. And yeah, she sounds great. She sounds great, and she's <laughs> she's singing really a song like a very relatable content for me. It isn't right. It isn't fair. There was no parking anywhere. Like she's not like I didn't see the hydrant. I didn't. You know what I mean? Like her her argument is simply there was no parking, so the rules don't apply. Which is a which is. But then she continues and says, "I think that hydrant wasn't there." <laughs> and then she continues and says, "I'm just a poor girl. Don't you care? Hey, I'm not wearing underwear. So nice." Just all the tactics. You know, when I used to uh, be an actor, it was sort of like, what's your motivation and how are you, like, what do you want and how are you going to get it? She wants to not have Mm. this ticket and she's got a lot of tricks up her sleeve. Uh, (laughs) She's going for all of them. 
pretty sure she's yep. leaving with a ticket. So sorry about that, Marty. Yeah. We see more dancing. There's a couple dancing, which, hey, little, little egg, little Easter egg. This is the choreographers, uh, the two choreographers. They were put in last minute, those two little dancers doing their little things. Uh, <clears throat> yep. And the broom dancers uh, are dancing. There's just a lot going on. Uh, Giles is telling Xander and Anya that he was able to examine a body of a spontaneously combusted person while the police were busy taking <laughs> witness arias. <laughs> I missed that. See? Oh, you know I saw a person <laughs> go up in flames all he was dancing. I don't actually know what the musical requirements of an aria are, but that's my approximation. Uh, no offense <laughs> intended to our uh, opera enthusiast listenership. <laughs> oh, they, I'm sure they enjoyed that uh, heartily. Mm. Um, and yeah, Xander, like, so Giles is also like, you know, Buffy doesn't seem like herself. It's just like, yeah, dude. I uh, wonder why, fucking you fucking <laughs> fuck. And Xander, to his credit, is like, dude, essentially like, dude, like, she's easing back into it. We just yanked her out of a fucking hell dimension and like, whatever. And Giles is like, I'm helping her as much as I can, to which I say, are you though, sir? Are you? Um, Anya does a nice Pat, pat, pat on Giles' shoulder to comfort him. Very cute. (laughs) Though that widescreen, that widescreen is really showing itself here in this fucking entry to Spike's lair where we can see the upstairs and him coming up from the downstairs all at the same time. Hot, hot, hot. Buffy acknowledges the whole musical thing that's going on in Sunnydale. The way that Spike... It, like the way that Spike explains that he does in fact know even though he says he's immune but he knows that that the musical is happening is because he saw a 600 pound demon making like Ema Sumac Ema Sumac I was like I didn't know who Ema Sumac was and I was like what is Spike referencing so I looked up Ema Sumac Jenny and Ema Sumac uh was a Peruvian coloratura soprano I don't know if that's how you say that but that is a a soprano who um, is like a type of operatic soprano that can do agile runs and leaps and trills she had a five octave fucking range um Mm. and she was an international success she and i like literally when i discovered this i started playing her i like sent the spotify link over to friends and we were just like fucking you need to as soon as you're done with this podcast go to spotify or wherever you listen to music and fucking listen to some ima sumac because it's amazing and also just of course, Spike, right? He's like, he's a man of taste, you know? He's a lot of things, but he's a man of taste. So I just love to think about him just like jamming out some Ema Sumac in his lair. <laughs> For reference, some some uh, musical giants who also have five octave ranges are folks like Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. She, she's just such a badass. And uh, I was very delighted to find her through Once More With Feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, Spike says, oh, so you've come to pump me for information. And she says, what else would I want to pump you for? <clears throat> Spike is like, oh, yeah, I'm so, I'm so immune. I'm, it's hilarious that everyone else is singing but me. Anyway, you should really get going. Uh, look at the time. You've got to <laughs> you've got to go on. Uh, and then he's like, like, I died. <laughs> and they both have looks of utter disgust and disappointment on their faces and it is real funny i mean it honestly could be like the best moment in the series is their yeah. hu- complete they're both just like 
Oh, God, it's happening. Like, like, Buffy is way more upset about this moment than she was when she had to kill Angel. You know what I mean? Like, this is far yeah. more upsetting to her. <laughs> she Meanwhile, was... I'm just, you know, wondering, what does Spike plug his fridge into again? Like, mm. he gets fridge, the, you know, he needs like a dedicated... Yeah, demon, uh... demon electric, you know. Oh, you know. right, 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 yeah. right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Oh my God. He, he's so embarrassed. He can't stand it. She's so embarrassed. She can't stand it. And he Mm -hmm, says this mm -hmm. first line that you already said, Jenny. Um, and right after he gets his like first line out or right before, I don't even know. He just says, "Mm, mm." why you come to be with me? I think I finally know. so sexy that I die every fucking time. Well, I don't want you to die, Kristen, but counteroffer, we could instead mm. sing a song about it. Mm. You if know, you want to. that sounds great, Jenny. That sounds fucking great. Spike looks good. Spike looks good! Well, I never wanted to be fabric before Till I saw that black tea hugging all your contours Spike looks good Get your washboard abs and black nails working for me. Let me see those boots come off in 1080p. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. His way out of the grave, but you're still our number one problematic fave. Now, if only we had one more person to weigh in. Oh my fucking god, it's Joanna Robinson! Well, no one stands a chance against your cheekbones. I would save you all my mini marshmallows. Spike looks good. Slurping some blood. Spike looks good. A sensitive stud. Spike looks good. Long on the coat. Spike looks good. Smog in the smoke. Spike looks good. part about uh, bursting into song. I mean, who knew that just by feeling turned on by Spike, uh, such a beautiful musical ode would happen. <laughs> also, Joanna fucking also, Robinson. Man, she just dropped in out of nowhere, disappeared fucking in a puff of smoke. Big part of musicals, I think, is sort of uh, the timely 
and magical appearance mm. of things when you need them most. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so um, back to Spike. Uh, he is singing, uh, just like we just were. Uh, he is singing a song called Rest in Peace. You're ashamed of what you feel, he says to Buffy's. A whisper mm. in a dead man's ear. You you think it doesn't make it real. He doesn't say you think, but that's what the line in, uh, intones. Um, mm. It's very, this is a, like, this is classic problematic fucking fave shit right here. Because he's like, I, I, I'm only dead to you. Being with you touches me more than I can say. So get the fuck out of here. Like, it's just like, oh. it's not, you know, grounded in a very well um, mature emotional space. Hey, no, I think Spike is drawing a boundary. He's, He's saying, I won't be a plaything any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. back when you're serious. Yeah. About these washboard abs. No, and I and I, I joke about like mature is of course like I said it to make a point, but it's not the right word because it's I think this is very relatable content. Like if you have a crush on somebody and they don't like you, they don't like you back, right? I mean that it's not actually the truth here, but like you 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 want to say like okay, then I can't hang out with you anymore, right? Like that I can't see you anymore, but then you're constantly like okay, but maybe just one time, you know? Like it's very hard, I think, for so many of us to take care of ourselves when mm-hmm. we know that like what we're doing isn't good for us, but like fuck, it just feels really good anyway. It's it's very hard. So I do understand Spike. I don't think you're immature. Uh, I think that you have a big heart. I mean, he has this line, um, which I think just said was the first line he wrote in this song, um, was if my heart could beat, it would break my chest, which like credit where credit is due. So great. Yeah, oh, fantastic, line. fantastic line. And and seems like so accurate in Spike describing what he's feeling. That like he can't and he's like he's so attracted to Buffy um and and is like you need to leave because if like, I can't have you then like I can't just constantly be wanting for you. And he also can't kill. Like let us not forget that like so many of the like desires that Spike has are um inaccessible for him to like meet and he he's he's speaking about Buffy for sure but I think that he's just like feeling a lot of fucking stress and frustration and overwhelm Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways uh and he does not like to talk about those things but haha jokes on you Spike you're in a musical (laughs) I know I should go but I follow you like a man possessed there's a traitor here Beneath my breast, and it hurts me more than you've ever guessed. Ah, Spike! I just, Kristen, have a question. Mm. Um, have you ever been to a nighttime funeral? <laughs> you know, um, I haven't, Jenny. Maybe funerals are cheaper if you book the night shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like having your wedding on a Sunday, you know, instead of a Saturday. Mm-hmm. You, like, save mm-hmm. some money if you do the post 7 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. He jumps on the coffin. Great, great imagery of this like good. surfing coffin situation. Um, and then he like throws everything around, and Buffy and he tumble into oh no an open grave. You know that you know that feeling when you accidentally tumble into an open grave with the person with you your love? crush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story as old as time. So, you know, they have a moment. 
Buffy is on top of Spike, uh, which is accurate uh, in, you know, just saying that is how this would go. Um, And she leaps out of the grave and runs off into the distance because hell no, she's not going to do that. Um, And Spike has probably the most comedic moment in the entire episode uh, where his little peroxide head just pops right out of the grave. He's like, so, yep, yep. So it's you're like not staying Groundhog there? Day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then, okay, so then you're really going to go, okay. <laughs> it's very cute. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, dear. Cut to over at the Summer's house, Dawn is upending her plastic transparent backpack. <gasps> is this backpack symbolic of everyone trying to keep their secrets but being completely <laughs> unable to? Helpless in wow. the thrall of sweets, uh, forced singing. Um, so Tara is here uh, to tell Dawn what's going on, but this scene is here for a couple of reasons, uh, one of which is for Dawn to be the catalyst for Tara to realize that something horrible truly has happened um that willow has done something truly horrible and dawn says to tara i'm glad you guys made up um and tara's like what are you talking about and dawn's like you don't have to pretend around me uh and then there's this beautiful reprise what would you call it it's not a reprise it's just like the accord a bit of the the melody from under your spell um plays in a very sad way and we haven't talked about um christoph beck yet in this episode but christoph beck was responsible for a lot of the score uh and also uh created the ballet where that the music to the ballet that we're about to go into that was christoph beck to um the the guidance this reminds me of like when i work with you jenny like basically the guidance that uh joss said he gave to christoph beck was like can you make it sound like peter and the wolf which is like it literally yeah yeah like that's like as that's what i do and i'm like okay go uh, ready go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can tell that it's a sad version of Under Your Spell because the the chords are a little more mournful and also the melody is being played by maybe like an English horn or an oboe. Oh, this is awful. This is awful. Um, Tara has this like moment of realization all at once where she puts her hand to the flower that she, at the beginning, we didn't say, but at the beginning she sort of found that little flower on the bed and she pinned it to her shirt. Um, And so she now has her hand over that flower and she's realizing, because she's already, I mean, obviously they've already set the stage for the fact that Willow is using magic in really um, irresponsible and dangerous ways. Tara has been the first one to really, really push back on that. Um, I mean, Giles has pushed back, but not like Tara. Tara sees it much more intimately. And so in an instant, and you know this instant, like if you've had a moment like this, you know it. It's like where all of the little threads that have been sort of like out there suddenly are like, hunk. Um, and this is what happens to Tara in this moment. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she doesn't know exactly what the flower is. And probably that's the worst part of, of like an experience like this is like the, oh my God. And then the, like, then she's going to run and she's going to go to, you know, we will see that she goes to the magic box and we'll get there in in a minute. But, um, it's just awful. Like the knowing, but the not knowing, like maybe if I look this Mm -hmm, up in a book, mm -hmm. it will say like your most beloved gives it to you. And then presto changeo, you're wearing a fucking trout dress, you know, like, oh, great. That was all it was. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was a lot worse than that. But we're get we're going to get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. So Tara leaves. 
Then what do we have here but a Dawn left alone. <laughs> alone with the copy of a teen heartthrob magazine on her little vanity uh, with Justin Timberlake's curly-headed uh, little 16-year-old face on it. So staring down into the middle distance, Dawn wonders to herself, feeling lonely and sad and forgotten. Does anybody even notice? Does anybody even care? And you know who cares? A huge fucking ventriloquist dummy. Uh, yeah, seriously. It's fucking three, as a matter of fact. They care a lot. I hate their faces. This moment of dawn. You know, we've cast people in our universe as various... Um, Voices, right? Bess Rogers is Willow and Chris Farron is Xander and all manner of thing, right? And um, we cast Gabby Dunn as Dawn. And this moment was really, really, like, it really hit for me, you know, because it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Dawn's like, can you pay attention to me? Gabby Dunn could really teach Dawn a thing or two about being noticed. God, do you think that, like, Beetlejuice, if we say her name a third time, she will just mystically appear? You know, considering who we're talking about, I'm kind of surprised she didn't just appear <laughs> after the first time you said her name, but why don't we give it a go? Three, two, one. Gabby Dunn? I guess our summoning trick worked. <laughs> Thank you, question mark, <laughs> to Gabby Dunn. Always here when mentioned. Always here when mentioned. We love mentioned. you, Gabby. Wow. Okay. Um, we have moved. We, Dawn has been kidnapped, and she is now in the bronze, the sort of repurposed bronze. Like, it's it's recognizably the bronze, but it's um, specifically the stairs have been changed, and we'll find out why in, in, a, in a minute. But Dawn <laughs> wakes up on the pool table, uh, and we get Dawn's ballet. And Michelle Trachtenberg is, of course, uh, trained in ballet and said to Joss, how about I don't sing? How about I dance? 
But she also sings. She does. And she does a great I think that Dawn does a good job yeah, singing, she actually. Great. Or Michelle <laughs> Dawn. But Michelle Trachtenberg does a good job singing. Uh, and so there's this beautiful, it's really quite nice. Um, I really yeah, love the dancing. The dance. is nice. And it's, you know, these three, these these mannequin heads, I know we mentioned them, but they're terrifying. And they're actually not, they were, like, made elsewhere. These are not from, like, the main Buffy crew of, like, makeup and props. They had these made, I can't remember mm. the name of the company, but they're outsourced. And I feel like you can kind of tell. Like, they're scary in a way that seems, like, a little out of universe. Um, and... Mm. They do this dance around her, et cetera. She does. And Michelle Trachtenberg does this slide across the fucking floor. Like, this is really Michelle Trachtenberg mm-hmm. sliding on her fucking knees across. She hits these stairs I was talking about. And tippity tap, tap, tip. Here comes some tap shoes down the fucking stairs. And we've seen Sweet. We've seen him. But now we're really going to get Sweet. We're going to get a song from Sweet uh, called What You Feel. Uh, and we have we have a segment that we'd like to go to before we talk yes. about uh, all all that is the amazing Hinton battle uh, and all that is the demon suite. Uh, Mac and Alba would like to uh, jump in here and, and say a little something. Yes. Hey, Mac. So they made a monster. Black monster. What a surprise, right? I know. Let's talk about it.
my God. Hell yes. Mac, Alba, um, if you are just hitting this podcast for the first time, Mackenzie McDade, Alba Daza. Uh, Alba Daza is our producer. Mac McDade is our consultant uh, and facilitator. They've both been working with us for some time and are so badass. As a matter of fact, the last episode in our feed is a conversation between Mac and Alba where um, they use the themes and storylines in Buffy the Vampire Slayer to talk about the BIPOC experience of invisibility. Uh, They are just fantastic. And thank you for that beautiful segment. Probably the best (laughs) segment we've ever had. Certainly the most musical segment we've ever had. (laughs) Certainly, certainly. Uh, And, you know, to to just sort of like jump off of um, what some of Mac and Alba were just singing slash saying, you know, Sweet. So Sweet is played by Hinton Battle. Um, First of all, Hinton Battle is unbelievable. He's amazing. He's won three Tony Awards. He was actually the first to play the Scarecrow in The Wiz. Uh, and He's just fucking incredible. And the thing about, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but one thing that I wanted to touch on specifically is that, you know, in the United States, um, at, at the very least, m- musicals have a, a long history um, that is related to r- racism and segregation and uh a lot of character, a lot of black characters who were put in musicals um, around the time of integration, uh, hard air quotes on that word integration, um, were given <laughs> these like very performative numbers. They were like, you know, to do a song and dance. And and part of the reason for that was because a lot of the theaters at the time wouldn't play uh, shows, wouldn't play movies. These are movie musicals I'm talking about. And they wouldn't play movies with black characters in them, uh, with black actors in them, black performers. And so the, the fact that the black actors in these musicals didn't have anything to do with the plot whatsoever However, made it very easy for studios and theaters to cut out those parts uh, and still play an entirely white musical movie without losing any of the storyline. Um, and so, you know, that you, we could do a whole podcast just talking about mm-hmm. this, but I think it's important to point out. And also that like Sweet is, I mean, Sweet is literally the plot of this. Like if there was no Sweet, there would be no Once More with Feeling. So that's great. But, um, you know, to Mac and Alba's point one of their many amazing points uh sweet is the demon he's the villain um and so there's just you know if we if we had seen more um nuanced treatment of characters of color in the series up till now you know that would be one thing but we haven't and even in this episode we saw two or three black vampires who were just there to be dusted you know and and we've talked about it Mm -hmm. uh, a bit and we'll continue to talk about it but it is important to have conversation around this. Much to our point about the buffering test with regards to uh, Willow and Tara uh, speaking lines of dialogue clearly written by extremely straight people, uh, we can further assume, uh, actually, we can do better than assume because we know yeah. that there were no people of color in the writer's room. Uh, there was no nobody in a position to... Mm-hmm. veto or weigh in nobody's perspective outside of the existent writer's room was sought uh right, to right. consult on this right right exactly and that's i mean you know <laughs> and it shows oh it sure does it sure does um and and that is not like you know sweet is a is a is a character that i think we we love and like hint and battle is an incredible performer but it's just that like this this imagery of like 
to to quote the song that was just sung, a black man with the devil's face is this is what we often see. We often see black characters um, either not painted in detail or when the detail is painted, it is a, a villainous de- villainous detail that we get. Right. Um, and right, so right. just I do want to say that. um Mac and Alba wrote that song w- with Jenny. Um, the three of them wrote that song together. Um, so all of the all of the lyrics are from Mac and Alba, and and they also performed it, which is the only song in this whole in this whole collection that was written by by others. And they just just standing ovation, Bravo! Thank you so much for being a part of the Buffering Fam. Hell yeah! Uh, can I ask a question? You may. Why does he take his mouth off, Jenny? Why does he take his mouth off? Why did they do I that? No. Why, Why couldn't he just make his suit change color a couple more times? <laughs> just every time Instead. it happens, I'm like, but why? But why? <laughs> yeah, that sucks. The suit color change rocks. The yeah. thing that I love the most about this is when the door flies down from the ceiling and <laughs> crashes onto. Yeah. The floor, I love that. God, if you were a theater person, those doors, they're like, they're just like so anchored in my memory of being a theater kid. Just, it was like always just like the frame and the door. And you'd go, you'd walk (laughs) around it and like knock on it to start your scene. (laughs) (laughs) um, But it is. And I mean, this performance, you know, all of the all of the actors, you know, the, the regulars, I should say, on the series, a lot of them did like vocal training and and worked for months and like on weekends and at nights or whatever, just all all over the place to learn these dances and these songs and everything. Um, and they do a wonderful job, uh, but it is quite clear when fucking sweet does this song that now we are in the yeah. presence. Um, yeah, someone who is somebody a who knows remark- a professional. They, yeah, they, he he knows his way around a fucking Broadway stage, and it shows. Yeah, he's a, 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 just an unbelievable dancer, an unbelievable singer, and like he doesn't have like any like massive dance you know sections in this but just the way to be honest with you like some of the ways that he moves his hands I feel like the only time I've ever seen anyone move their hands even close to that it was Doug Jones in Hush Uh uh-huh you know just like the fluidity and just like the way that like his entire body seems to be moving where but you can't tell how it's moving he's just unbelievable a, a brilliant performance um I think we also see um, something that reminds me of a conversation we had with James Marsters about uh, when he got onto the show and he would like watch Tony head and feel like, oh, Tony's like barely moving. He's going to like put people to sleep. But then, you know, he realized that uh, acting for television and acting for theater are Mm. very different. But I think what's really cool about Hinton's performance is that he, because of his theater background, he has this sort of like, overblown extreme exaggerated way of moving and that like kind of amplifies the sort of like magic of the sweet performance I think he's you know he is like pure theater yeah yeah it's just it's fantastic I also want to talk about um this line in sweet's song all those hearts lay open that musting plus some customers just die combusting that's the penalty when life is but a song that's the penalty when life is but a song and i think that it's such a resonant line for a lot of reasons. Like, obviously, in the show, this is the whole musical's point, is that, you know, musicals are often written to, like, 
just not look at the conflict. Look at the rosy. Look at the cheery. Look at the happy. Don't look at the bad. Like, let's be happy. Um, and obviously this musical is not doing that at all. Um, and I think I just like I'm rooting it a bit to a lot of the conversations that we've been having um, as people with privilege uh, of like, how how easy is it for you in particular to look away from like what you don't mm. want to see, right? What you don't want to mm-hmm. see, you can look mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. it because you can look away from it. Um, and and like, what is the what are the repercussions of that? And I just I just think there's a lot in that line that can be applied like in in many many places. But I think probably where we are, um, like politically and societally right now, it really hit me in that way. Um, so yeah. anyway, that's yeah, just some just some deep thoughts. And then in the chorus of song, Dawn of course reveals. <laughs> That her sister is the slayer and Sweet's like, get her here. <laughs> Every good demon wants to be the one. The one to kill the slayer. Uh-huh. He wants to yep, watch yep, the slayer yep. burn. And we cut to the fucking training room. So, you know, everybody just turn off the podcast, go cry in a corner, et cetera, et cetera. Woo! Yep. Um, yep. Yep. They're training. Couple of good jokes up at the top to uh, make you think perhaps you won't be crying soon. Um, one is that Buffy is like, just glad we're not in a training montage from the 80s, which please give it to me. Please give it. Give me Giles in a fucking headband and some fucking wristbands and a sweatsuit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I want it. I want mm. it. I want to see it. Um, also, we get a version. <laughs> Uh, also, Buffy on the fucking pommel horse being like, I am pretty spry for a corpse. Great line. <laughs> but then. But then a training montage begins. <laughs> Buffy is suspended in slow motion while Giles sings a song in which uh, he posits that his charge, Buffy, who is like a daughter to him, uh, who has lost her mother, who is but you know, 20 or 21, who has no fucking support. Her father has fucked off and she has very little support and an unfathomable burden of responsibility. And Giles sings a little song about how the best thing he could possibly do so she could just grow up is leave her. And to that, I say... My dude, be reasonable, it's true, your slayer seasons are few, but it don't mean that you should run, good sir, I really think you should stay with her, she needs support and to slay, you didn't mean to be a dad. But you are now, so how about that? You think that your presence is holding her back. You should know your absence would be twice as bad. No.
Giles, you've been here through thin and thick, so why would you choose right now to split? You didn't mean to be a dad, but you are now, so act like it. You think that your presence is holding her back. You should. You have a good point there, You know Jenny. what I mean? No, I do. I do Thank know what you, you mean. I do. I Ridiculous. agree. I'm very upset with Giles uh, for a lot of things in this episode, um, and this is a big one. I will say, though, um, you know, I mean, gosh, if you're a, a listener of this podcast, you know that we love Giles so dearly. I mean, I just, I just love him so much, and so I also am wrecked by this song that he sings as much as I'm so frustrated. And it's funny because like Tony Head was talking about this song and he actually, he even, he, he was just talking about the song and he said whether Giles was wrong or right. It's like, even he knew that like, this was not cool, you know, like this was <laughs> not what he was supposed to do. And, um, but, but if you take yourself out of that place of like, what the fuck Giles, you are left with the reality that this, this man loves Buffy probably more than anyone on this show at this point and he doesn't know how to help her there's a line where he literally says wish I could lay your arms down and let you rest at last it is heart-wrenchingly beautiful ah Tony Head does a fucking stunning performance of this and it breaks my heart and it's Mm -hmm. just like he's not right he's not right I mean I think we all can agree that he's not right um I think that maybe Giles is probably one of the only reasons that she is standing at all you know like Mm -hmm. maybe she's not walking forward yet but I mean guys uh, she, she just she's been through like endless trauma this is not the time to go but Giles thinks that it is and while this um song is happening there's a very brief moment where we get Tara coming inside the magic box as well um obviously they're in the training room in the back she's in the front and um we see her look up the flower in this text and she finds it um it's a flower called Lethe's bramble um that makes you forget which of course we knew but she did not uh... She's crying um, and she you hear like fuck everybody for these chords of under your spell again, you know, just like just breaking us all. And she says there'll be nothing left of me. And then probably the line that breaks me the most from Tara is when she says, you made me believe like I can't I have like full body chills and might stop start sobbing. Um right now but instead i'm going to take those tears and i'm going to say something if you don't mind to tara please 
awful it is awful we all know what happened to tara's brain last season willow knows better than any of us because she was the closest person to tara and and you know you you've got to imagine as as disturbing as it would be for for anybody to discover their memory had been altered by their partner Mm -hmm. like it's you know exponentially increased in the level of disturbance oh, when it's... you consider that Tara, you know, was already in such a horrific situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this would be completely fucked no matter which way you looked at it. And, and you know, the the issues around consent are many. And and if and as you know, if you have watched past uh, this point, there's something that we will talk about more with this specific um flower bramble in mind um but it is it is just very 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 fucked up and um while giles is wrong about needing to leave tara it could not be more correct i mean there is no way that she could stay um with a partner who betrayed her trust and not only betrayed her trust but also like completely transgressed boundaries that should never be Um, never be walked past, never be walked through. And it's, it's showing signs increasingly that like mm-hmm. she she wouldn't be able to in, to take that information yes. in. Like she can't yes. consider that. Like she's just sort of operating from a, I do what I want mm-hmm. and there's no more to say about it. Yeah, like I'll always fix it, right? Like I'll just fix it again. I'll just fix right. it. Like it's another some- spell. Exactly. If somebody If somebody has gotten to the point where like they can alter non-consensually alter uh their partner's mind like i mean it's it would be fucked up to non-consensually alter anyone's mind but this is the person that willow loves the most so to be at that point right it's like the point of like there's nothing tara can do at this point except for leave there's Mm -hmm. not going to be a Mm -hmm. conversation that she Mm -hmm. could ever have with willow how could she trust that willow isn't just gonna do another spell like you know you just it, it yeah so um as though things couldn't get worse, Jenny, Willow and Buffy are like standing up on the step by the table in the magic box and fucking Giles comes out from the fucking training room and Tara and Giles, probably the two strongest vocalists in this episode, apart from Hit and Battle, do um, this gutting reprise. Re- somebody called it a redux. I don't know what that means, but it's probably right. It's very sad. Willow, don't you see? There'll be nothing left of me. You made me believe. I don't wanna go. And it'll grieve me cause I love you so. We both know. The 
harmonies between um, Amber Benson and and Anthony Stewart Head are so beautiful. And they're both singing about how they have to leave. Uh, and the last line of this song is just them both saying that they wish they could stay. And it's really no. sad. Okay. It's like a lot. It's a lot to fucking handle. Oh, dear God. The only thing that will save us from having to wade through sadness and betrayal is that Spike is here. Ding dong. Got a, got one of the three ventriloquist dummies here. Uh, <laughs> the music swells and Spike says to the ventri- ventriloquist dummy, sing, man. And the ventriloquist dummy opens his mouth and this comes out. My master has the Slayer's sister hostage at the bronze because she summoned him and at midnight he's going to take her to the underworld to be his queen. My favorite thing about this is that you can see the actor's mouth inside <laughs> of the dummy mask mouth. Buffy has her little Don's in Trouble Must Be Tuesday moment. Oh, and this show aired on a Tuesday, just in case you didn't know that. So it's oh extra special. God. Extra specially funny. Uh, and, you know, the group is is coming together talking about what to do. And Giles is like, Buffy's going to do it by herself. And Anya's like, oh, no, I've seen some of these underworld child bride deals. <laughs> and they never end well. Well, maybe once. No, don't think uh, so. Yeah. Giles sucking, sucking, sucking. Then, oh, wow. It is revealed. Oh, my God. Buffy blows up Spike's spot <laughs> and acknowledges in front of the Scooby is that he sang <laughs> a song to her. And Xander says, Spike sang a widow song. <laughs> fucking Xander. Like, always. Just, like, any chance he has to fucking... Twist that knife in old Spike. He does. Um, Anya, Anya, Xander and Anya are both true to form with Xander twisting the knife and Anya being like, so would you say it was a breakaway hit or? <laughs> breakaway pop hit or more of a book number? <laughs> she wants to know who's getting Anya, the hit. Relax. <laughs> and Giles, I mean, listen, we know where we're going, right? Giles uh, is like, actually, uh, we're not going to help Buffy this time, everyone. We're going to fucking stay here. Buffy's going alone. And, you know, to give a little credit, I will immediately take this credit away. But like to give a little credit to everyone else, Willow, Xander, Anya, Spike, they all are like, but what about, but also, but what? But hmm? like they were all ready <laughs> to, to throw down, of course, because that's what they do. Um, And even Buffy is like, what do you expect me to do to Giles? And Giles, he says, your best. Your best? Your fucking best? That that is what? (laughs) But in the actual fuck are you doing? Right now you kind of suck You're bailing when you should have her back You're really screwing it up You're losing the mission Supposed to be the grown-up But you're leaving her open to attack It's not helpful when you bring somebody back from the grave To say they gotta grow up so you're going away Post-resurrection Are you thinking? 
I hope that G- I hope Giles has his fucking disc man out, and I hope he puts that. I hope he burns that track a few times onto a CD, wow. and I hope he plays it for himself a few times because, sir, you have a lot to think upon. Uh, wow! Remember burning a CD of just one song over and over and over again? <laughs> yes, ten times in a row. Great, love it. Um, Buffy's doing it though she's like i mean this would probably be my response as well like i would be like are you fucking kidding me fine (laughs) slam (laughs) so she has (laughs) slammed the door and she is walking and and buffy has been telling us that she is not feeling her feelings the way she is used to feeling them since the beginning Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. season really but like definitely since the start of this musical uh and this this song is is more of that she's saying i touch the fire it freezes me why can't i feel i want the fire back um okay no offense though but she does not touch the fire (laughs) (laughs) she never touches the fire and she's like my skin should crack and peel and it's like Buffy, let me explain. (laughs) Point, counterpoint. (laughs) I think she's being, I don't know if you've heard of this, Jenny, um, in your career as a songwriter, but I I think she might be making a metaphor, uh, you know, just just sort of drawing comparison um, between things. But yes, to to your point, she does not actually put her hand in the flame. Um, All right, so she's singing her little verse about being numb. Then she sings... Through the smoke, she calls to me. We cut to the bronze. There's dawn and sweet and a digital smoke effect. I love it. You don't like it? I love it. <laughs> oh, wow. But I actually really like the um wobbly, like, gasoline effect of uh, that they use in the bronze, but to each their own. Something that I think we can both agree to love, Jenny, is the fucking leather coat number two, the buffy. The shoulders. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. God, give me this coat. Give it to Here me. There is something to sing about. That the is something. That, you're right. Boat. We should point that out to her. She does have something to sing about. Mm. We'll get there. We're not even in that song yet, but she does. It's those shoulders. Um, Spike has an incredible cigarette flick. Uh, I said it once and I'll say it again. I will. I just would really like for my life to include one moment where I can flick a cigarette angrily like that. It's just real cool. <laughs> His line is so great. I'm free if that bitch dies. I better help her out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Summing up, uh, Sweet is in there saying she's drawn to the fire. Uh, Giles wondering if he is leaving Dawn in danger, sir. Yes, indeed. you idiot. You, you are. Of course you, I can you are. I answer this question for you. The Scoobies decide like a minute after they're not going to go. So now they're all on their way. But Buffy oh doesn't know that yet. Tara, I think, <laughs> Tara has the truest 2020 hyphen 2021 line of the musical when she sings, everything is turning out so dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, Tara. A little real. A little real for me there. True. We get we get Willow's uh, excellent Allison Hannigan nod. Allison Hannigan, who so desperately did not want to sing, gets, I think this line's mostly filler. It's really good. And, you know, I mean, this song, like, uh, we love to laugh. There's a lot to laugh about. (laughs) Less and less as we're getting to the end of this musical. But um, this song is really, it's it's really pivotal. This whole whole episode is pivotal. And I'm sure we've talked about it already. But, like, 
they they talk about how they are now at the point of no return. They have seen all of the things that they were trying. Well, not quite. They're almost to the point of seeing all of the things that they had not seen. And they can't turn their back on it anymore. They can't pretend like these things aren't real and aren't part of their day-to-day, aren't part of their reality. Mm-hmm. This shit is fucking real. And they are at the point of no return. And so, um, you know, we're not into the rest of the season yet. But I would imagine that probably uh, some of season six will be what the fuck they do now that they are at this point of no return. So anyway, right before before we get to the bronze where Buffy enters, I just want to say that Spike apparently gets lost in an alleyway. I don't understand why. He like he vaults himself into an alley that is fenced off. There don't appear to be any doors in it. And then he like whips around and like looks like, whoa, I can't believe I've done this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> um so anyway, Buffy enters. Showtime. <laughs> oh boy. I love a good entrance. How are you with death scenes? She's still got her word Buffy play. makes her little deal. She's going to fight sweet. And if she loses, she'll go to the underworld with him. Uh, but if she kills him, then Dawn goes free. Ugh. And he's like, what if I kill you? And she says, trust me, won't help. And maybe Puffy. in one of Hinton Battle's like best line deliveries of the episode, he goes, "That's gloomy." <laughs> um, I love like, and we'll get more into this when we talk about the next song. But like, I love the way that Sweet, really the way the actor Hinton Battle looks at Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> like the way that Sweet like takes in Buffy. You know, it's just like very apparent that like he he was here to make some people burn up to like whatever. And now he's like really witnessing that this is a whole big fucking shit show. He's like, well, fuck, you know, like I feel like his whole way of of intaking this and what's about to happen is just like, like he's really quite stunned by it. And I, I, I don't know if that came from Joss. I don't know if that came from Hinton, but I just think it's a really cool dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Buffy starts to sing a little song called Something to Sing About, and it's about how she's very depressed. Mm. Life's a show, and we all play our parts. And when the music starts, we open up our hearts. Again, pulling on this musical concept of like a musical is supposed to hide, like not hide, but like turn away from the bad and give us songs about the good. It's kind of like Instagram, <laughs> you know, just showing us, showing us the best of everything. And everybody's looking at other people's Instagrams like, man, I wish I had it together. But they don't know that after that photo was taken that like I cried in the shower for two hours, you know, like that, like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the the what she's saying is like. What, no, what what she's saying is literally life's a show and we're playing parts. Um, if you want to fear for your life and the lives of those you love, check out Buffy's terrifying eyes as she sings the line to be like other girls. <laughs> it is very scary. I run for the hills. Um, she breaks. She actually breaks the fourth wall here with us and says, we'll sing a happy song. She looks directly into our souls and says, and you can sing along. And we're like, God damn it. I just signed up for a vampire show. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think maybe my favorite line in this first piece of this song is, don't give me songs. 
give me something to sing about. And I know like obviously the depression is there. It's it's, it's like the driving force of this song. But I also think that like there's something so fucking powerful about that, especially right now. Like don't paint over the reality of our existence. Don't paint over the reality of other people's existences and lived experiences don't paint over, don't gloss it over. Um, I don't want the song. I want something to actually sing about. Like I want to fix, I want to fix the things. I want to help the things. I want to make the things better. And then I'll have something to sing about. And in Buffy's case, she is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, very specifically talking about her, her mental health and all that she's lost and all the grief that she is still trying to figure out how to, how to walk through. And, Oh, God, without getting, like, too deep into it, I just feel, you know, this episode aired just a couple months after September 11th, which was a very particular time in public consciousness, uh, you know, and, like, everybody was going through something. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, that that time can't really be compared um, to this time that we're in, in, in this, at the start of 2021, except in the fact that it is a large societal moment where a lot of us are are just like not okay you know a lot of us are not doing so hot um it is a very very heavy and hard time um and a time that i think we've been like pulling on communities in ways that we maybe have not before and uh so this song always hits but it hits particularly right now You know, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, many of you are not. And you're like, first time, who are those people? But if you are one of those people and you're listening to us for the first time because you found us through this musical episode, you should know that every episode of this podcast always does come with one song. Uh, And Jenny, that song is sung usually by you and it's written from the perspective of Buffy. So when we got to this place in the the musicals, the musical of Once More with Feeling in our podcast musical, we knew there needed to be like this place of communion between universes so that we could write a song in the eye uh, and that eye could be both Buffy's eye and Jenny and my I and also like you as the listener, like the I is meant here to be all of us. The only way 
I've ever done A step and then again another one I'm just trying to get some light back Scared that it's forever gone Maybe we can find it in the feedback Somewhere there's a hidden song You know what they say about music? It'll kill ya. <laughs> so I hate to break it to everyone, but um, we didn't even finish talking about what happens in this song, in this scene, because this song is kind of in a couple of parts, right? There's the like, give me something to sing about part. Um, there's There's two segments in that with the like rocky part where she's dancing and the singy part where she's singing you can tell that i'm the musician between the two of us right um that's really good thank you um but she goes up on stage um and she's standing by sweets and that's when he really gives her this look and and it's sort of like if he's inspiring them to sing and to tend to reveal their truths it's almost like he sees it before he makes her sing it you know what i mean like he like that's why he's like oh fuck you know and yeah. She says there was no pain, no fear, no doubt. There was no pain, no fear, no doubt, till they pulled me out of heaven. So that's my refrain. I live in hell. Cause I've been expelled from heaven I think I was in heaven A light lyric, just a bop. Jenny, um, the chord progression in this is very specific. Uh, that like very much, sometimes when I say to you, can you make the song so that it makes me sad? Like, <laughs> this does that. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sad chords. Sad, very sad. It's like there's sad chords and then there's whatever the fuck this is. And it's devastating. And to make <laughs> sad matters even sadder, we have the response, the reaction shots of Giles, of Xander, of Tara, and worst of all, Willow, who is just... I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen Willow's face move me as much as this she is destroyed I mean of course she is of course she is she's completely destroyed and she's crying and Tara is comforting Willow which is also very hard you know it's just like this complicated thing of you love somebody and they've totally 
fucked you over. They they fucked you up, but you can't help it. They're hurting and you must like, it's just, it's, there's so much happening in this moment that it's just, it's overwhelming and it's beautifully done. And I would be crying if I didn't have a responsibility to keep talking to you on a microphone. (laughs) Yeah, this is, um, it's all pretty brutal. And uh, the only acceptable course of action in the face of all this devastation is initiate combusto dance sequence. (laughs) Sarah Michelle fucking Geller. They had a like a dance double, you know, like a stunt double, but a dance double for her. They barely fucking use the dance double. She is doing nearly every single thing that you see in these dance sequences. I mean, just a performance. I, I, I Truly, she's just Emmy for Sarah forever. And maybe a Tony mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, she jumps off stage. He got for Sarah. <laughs> she's dancing. She's dancing. The smoke is happening. And then what happens, Jenny? <sighs> Spike stops her. Spike grabs her and makes her stop dancing. And he's all like, life is living. Life's not a song Life isn't bliss Life is just this It's living The pain that you feel, you can only hear heal by living and every time he says living, he's singing in the same fucking horrible, horrible chord progression that she sang to use the, the sing the word heaven. I gotta yeah. go. It is... Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, truly, like life's not a song. Life is just this. It's living. Um, you have to go on living. So one of us is living. Do you think there is something they could have done? There, there was a different way they could have executed this. This callback, the hardest uh, yeah, thing yeah, I actually, in this world is to live in it. Clank! I hate, I'm, I'm sorry if this is a thing that you like, but I actually, one of the only things I dislike in this episode is Dawn saying this line again. I just feel like we got the point. Like, I don't think we needed a, a line drawn in that moment. And I think that, like, what Spike sang was so poignant that it is a bit undercut by this line from Dawn where she says, where she, you know, says the same, she says the same thing Buffy said to her at the end of season five. And, but I didn't need it. I didn't need it. I don't want it. Give me the cut with this taken out. And I think that it will be a bit more powerful. Um, But a number, a number. I think maybe one of the saddest songs I have ever, ever seen in a musical. I have cried almost every time I watched it in preparation for this conversation. So, yeah, yeah. Even yep. Sweet is impressed. He is clapping. He is clapping. It's Willow, like, what a show-stopping number. Yeah. Willow is very much angry. Which Willow, get out of here, she says through her tears in a fit of rage and, and sweet. Like everyone else at this point is like, I smell power. Like every 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 kind of demon uh, across the globe is like, hmm, I'm just sensing, hmm. Getting a big whiff of power over here. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, then there's this, like, I mean, who cares? It's fine. But, like, the the twist on the end of this is a little weak where, like, Dawn is like, I didn't summon. Like, Sweet's like, she summoned me. Dawn's like, I didn't. And they're like, well, then who? And Xander raises his hand and is like, it was me and... I like the idea of Xander saying, I just wanted to make sure we'd work out that we'd get a happy ending. Like, I think that's really fitting with his character and it and it works. But 
I mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. that he would have ever taken it this far. He would have definitely told them what the fuck was up, like, at the beginning of the musical. Um, yeah. So it, it's a little wiggly for me. But um, anyway, it gives us a ha-ha-ha moment when Xander's like, Does this mean that I have to be your queen? It's tempting. But I think we'll wave that clause just this once. Mm. Not our favorite. Not our favorite. Listen, Sweet doesn't have to take Xander down to the hell dimension with him, but we don't love when the joke is Xander being his queen. It's not a funny joke. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jenny, I don't know if you are aware of um, a structure, uh, a societal hmm. structure that exists that hmm. helps to really hold up things like homophobia. Hmm. Trying to think of one. Oh, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Yes, that is that is that is the correct answer though. Boy, did it sound yeah. different than it typically does. Yeah, weird. <laughs> weird. Cool. Also like just imagine being this demon and like usually you like roll up on a town and you do your little musical spell and then you like take a child bride back to the underworld whatever. <laughs> but you roll up on Sunnydale and you get in the middle of all this. Well, this witch is er- erasing her girlfriend's memory. And this slayer was resurrected. <laughs> and uh, she was pulled out of heaven by her friends. And this uh, goofball and this former vengeance demon are uh, having, like, premarital, like, cold feet. And you know what, you guys? I'm actually just going to go. Yes. You have a lot going on here. And, yes. like, you probably don't need anything else getting added to the equation. I'm, so I'm just going to, I'm going to, Okay. Jenny, I think in, in a previous conversation, you compared this to the murder hornets showing up on the scene in uh, 2020 and like seeing like, OK, you know, what? <laughs> like, yeah, the murder hornets were like, they like roll into the middle of town and they're like, oh, pandemic. Political uprising. Huh. Oh, God. Ooh, actually, whoo, look at the look at the time. We actually have a thing back at the hive. So we'll come back next year or possibly never. Uh, uh, bye. Gotta go. Um, yes. And that is the sweets. Very, very brilliant choice. Uh, sweet. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, and he says, stay away from these messy people. Oh, my God. What a fucking mess. Uh, he's like and he gives us our our titular line here. He says, all these secrets you've been concealing. Say you're happy now once more with feeling. What a fucking... This is the 2020-2021 musical of musicals, isn't it? Now, uh, <laughs> try me again. So I, now try me again with that happy. You're happy? Mm, try it, Try it one more time. You want to you wanna try that again? Okay. I will say I, I am a person who can do without the title of a thing being nested inside of the thing like ta-da i can usually but i like it here i like it here it's a musical totally it it makes sense it calls for it you know i think it calls for it um and fucking uh sweet just poofs off back to the underworld and he has this amazing exit now i gotta run see you home 
And then in what we can only guess is a little um, like ma- leftover magic, a little a little residue, a little residual magic dust. Uh, the Scoobies have one more song to sing, don't they, Jenny? The mind reels at why these people, A, are still singing and B... There's still a friggin' band going. Like, listen, it's residual magic you would think would kind of wane. Like, oh, maybe there's just like one guitar. A couple notes. But no, there's still a band. Still Uh, a band. Dawn's little voice Uh, is so sweet at the start of this song, though. Where do we go from here? They're lost because they are essentially now living with all of the facts. Like, they cannot hide anymore. And they're like, literally, the title of this song could have been, So Now the Fuck What? Like, (laughs) what the the fuck? Maybe next time it will be. (laughs) They have this very, very fleeting moment where they all hold hands. uh, And then they sort of violently unhold hands uh, and talk about walking alone in fear. Um, I think, not that you need to know my favorite lyric of every song, but um, I really do love when they sing, why is the path unclear when we know home is near? It just is like really beautiful to me to think about the fact that yeah. like they are they are in a recognizable place and they now are even in a more recognizable place because the the spell is is wearing off. Um, so now it's almost worse because they know where they are and they have to face all of this and they can't figure out where they are. It's like it's scarier when you know you're supposed to know where you are and you don't, um, which yeah. is where they all are. And um, yeah, I mean one of the last lines of this i can't believe i truly can't believe that we're coming to the end of this episode i'm gonna get choked up but um one of the last lines that we hear from them uh before we move forward is when does the end appear when do the trumpets cheer uh the, the curtains close on a kiss. And so I think it's just important to note that what they're longing for hmm. in there is um, their classical musical ending. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, God, if I talk about that, then I have to talk, then I have to stop talking. And I, it makes me sad, Jenny. We've been journeying to this moment for years. Yeah. Well, you know what's a way... To stop talking without stopping talking. Hmm. It's the end. It's the end of the episode. We've had some highs. We've had some low, low, low lows. It's the end. It's the end of the episode And everybody's lost now that they know They can't see where to go Or how on earth to get there But they've made it up till now And so It's the end It's the end of the episode Guess we'll figure out together where we'll go We've got lots of awards for tension to mail Jingles to write and 
to veil, hunks to examine, we'll manage somehow. Erotic novellas await, but for now, it's the end. It's the end of the episode. And you know, we hate to say goodbye. It's the end. It's the end of the episode. If you'll excuse me, I have something in my eye. Yes, well, you know. All good things sometimes must come to an end, but then most good things sometimes come back again for the next episode. That's true. And technically, there is one more thing that happens before you the are end not wrong of the episode. Um, buckle your fucking safety belt. Yeah, buckle them. Buckle them tight. Buckle them hard. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't Sharpen mean. your pencils. <laughs> Fire up that fanfic. Hey, um, so Buffy and Spike are outside, and she's like, I touched the fire, and he's like, I died. And we're like, oh, God, we've heard these songs before. Oh, no. <laughs> she says, this isn't real, but I just want to feel. As he says, you can make me feel. And then the music swells, and um, um, um. Oh, God, it's happening. The guitar is playing, Jenny. But before, before, before whatever oh. is going to happen happens, I think we need to do something unprecedented. An envelope has materialized in my hands. A sealed <laughs> envelope that clearly says Sexual Tension Awards. I'm slitting the seal. I'm taking the paper out. Bam! And the notice reads, you fools. <laughs> there is no vote. There can be no vote. There can be no truth but the one true answer. This episode's Sexual Tension Award goes to Buffy and Spike, signed, The Management. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ba ba ba, mm, ba ba ba, mm, ba ba ba. Spike looks good. Ba ba ba, ba ba ba, ba ba ba. Spike looks good. And it's not like we think Buffy be feeling in tip-top shape to fight some demons, but holy shit, they're kissing. So that brings her vampire smooch count up to two. Until next time.